Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, Iron Light listeners. This is your fresh episode of the week. Well, every episode, I guess, uh, that we produce weekly is fresh. I am your host, Pastor Alex, and we are back at it again in our Advent series. And, and funny enough, and I, and I have to be open and honest with how I produce these shows, I had recorded this episode yesterday, which would have been December 6th, a Monday, And I recorded it kind of throughout the day. And so I would pause, go take care of some stuff, come back down in my studio, record another 20 minutes, you know, and go up and take care of other stuff and come back and finish. And I had some technical difficulties, probably uh, really heavy in the first 15 or so minutes of the recording, which means that in my software that I'm using, I have to um, essentially export my audio and then re-import it. And I had to do that five or six times. And as I was listening back to the quality last night to see if this is a show to be published, I was really disappointed because uh, I I just I had terrible uh, sound quality. I mean, it was awful. There was so much noise in the background. It was staticky. Um, My voice was really low. And I and I I wouldn't say I have a deep voice, but I have a fairly deep voice and you know it's that smooth jazz voice you all love to listen to but this was I mean it was terrible and so I I got to reflecting upon just the quality and I'm like "Eh, I can get past the quality but I'm like I got new equipment and I really want this to uh, be you know vibrant for my listeners and I, I started to really more or less reflect on the content of the show and I'm like oh this it was a terrible show. I, I was all over the board. I probably had gone down f- way too many rabbit holes and I had lost my train of thought way too many times. And that's what happens when you do a recording and then you pause and you come back to it two hours later. And I was just completely dissatisfied with the content of the show. So that show has been scrapped and this is round two for this week. I normally don't have this 
uh, happen to me. Normally I can uh, record it, you know, kind of one sitting and then produce the show and then just make little minor edits as I go along. But I, I think I've maybe in all of the time I've been doing the show have had to uh, scrap an entire show one other time, maybe two other times, but it's a very rare thing. And, and, and I think any podcaster uh, would probably say the same thing. A lot of our edits are done in real time and it's done within the one sitting. Uh, it's rare that we come back and actually have to, uh, you know, re-record or add or change or continue on with a show. It just makes for some really bad um, episodes because, again, our train of thought are all over the place. And I, I was, you know, today we're going to look at Matthew 1, verses 18 and on, and we are going to dig into the, you know, this image of Christ in the New Testament, and we're going to look at some of these prophecies. We talked a little bit about it last year, but I want to highlight some of these prophecies again. And, and, and I think my, just my train of thought was so broken yesterday. I didn't really, I don't think I did justice to the text and it was more of a rant type of show by the time I was done. And I'm like, that's just, that's just poor quality. And, and it's not what I like to do on this show. I want to give you scripture and, and give it to you from a Lutheran perspective while also, you know, maybe even bleeding in some of the other traditions and uh, from the reform circles and things like that, because I, you know, and I've said this numerous times, you know, Luther didn't have it all figured out. Calvin didn't have it all figured out. But if we can look and balance uh, ourselves through it, I find that we get a much broader spectrum of theology in this. So anyways, as we dig into today's text, I really wanted to pay homage to Matthew chapter one and this concept of Christ in Christmas continuing through our series and really focusing today on the gospel and redemption. And as again, this being a very real historical moment in time, we can come back and reflect upon this as it's coming to us. So as we before we dig into the text and I will read the scriptures I usually do I want to take a quick 30 second break and give you my patron spiel as you have probably listened to every single episode thus far and I do it on most of them if you want to come and join us please do so on patreon we've got all sorts of different back uh, behind the scenes content that I produce commentaries, writings, schoolwork, ministry work, sermon notes, early podcast release, bonus podcasts, Zoom meetups, the works. So dollar a month gets you tier one access. And guess what? No additional tiers. You get everything for a dollar a month. I don't do any additional tiers. You don't have to pay five or 10 or 15 to get more content. I unload it all onto your shoulders for a dollar. So please, if you are in prayer, Continue praying for it, and I would love to have you come and join us and be a part of this wonderful community. And any of the patrons who uh, are active on social media would love to tell you the same thing. They are so blessed to be a part of this community because it's such a great collective of minds. Some very brilliant people are in on this with me, and I am so thankful for them. So patron.com forward slash undying light, you can come and join us now. Let's get into the text at hand today as we um, will examine this 
moment in time again and i just really want to clarify real historic moment in time this is not a fairy tale this is not something that was made up uh by an author this is a real historical moment in time matthew opens his gospel with a genealogy and as he does so, I'm not going to get into too much depth here, but this genealogy is a wonderful demonstration that Jesus Christ is the son of David, the son of Abraham. And we go to the beginning of verse 2 and look at Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac was the father of Jacob, Jacob the father of Judah, and his brothers, and yada, 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 all the way down. And so then we get to the last section here, verse 17, and it says, So all the generations from Abraham to David were 14 generations. And from David to the deportation to Babylon, 14 generations. And from the deportation to Babylon to Christ is 14 generations. So Matthew gives us this beautiful genealogy, ties us all the way in from the promised seed to Abraham to Jesus Christ. And he ties us all in and how Jesus fulfills all these prophecies. So I'm going to highlight some of these prophecies before we actually get to the heart of today's message. Genesis 3.15 is the essentially the first promise given. This is often called the proto-evangelical gospel right here. This is that Jesus Christ would be the seed of a woman. Uh, this is fulfilled in the New Testament as Paul writes in Galatians 4.4. 4. Then we go on to Abraham and in Genesis 17 and 18, we have the promised seed of Isaac, the promised seed of Abraham. These are fulfilled in Matthew 1, 2 and Acts 3, 25. Then in Numbers 24, we have the promised seed of Jacob. This is fulfilled in Luke 3, 34. Genesis 49 is uh, he would descend from the tribe of Judah. This is fulfilled in Luke 3, 33. Isaiah 9, 7, a beautiful uh portion of scripture, the heir to the throne of David fulfilled in Matthew 1, 1. That is just the Messiah's heritage. Now, his birth and infancy, this is some really interesting stuff. We don't get into prophecy of his birth until later into the prophets. So Micah 5, 2, the birth, uh, which is the place of birth. This is fulfilled in Matthew 2, 1 and uh, 5 through 6. Daniel 9.25 is the time of birth, Luke chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. Isaiah 7.14, the uh, born of a virgin. That is fulfilled in Matthew 1.18 and 23. Jeremiah 31.15, we have the massacre of infants, which is a prophecy given about Harold going after the firstborn child that was under two years old, or any child, I believe, that was under two years old, male, um, because he was fearing this coming king. Uh, that is fulfilled in Matthew 2.16. And then the flight to Egypt, uh, Hosea 11.1. 1, this is fulfilled in Matthew 2.14-15. So we're actually going to talk a little bit more next week on the uh, kind of young life of Jesus. In some of, in that we'll look at that time at the temple when he was in his, uh, like probably around 12, 13 years old. And that's the only clip that we get of his adolescence. Uh, we get his birth as an infant, and then then it's pretty quiet. You know, Matthew doesn't record anything else. Mark doesn't, and neither does John about his young life. What The only passages we get are in Luke, and we see his adolescence and that time in the temple in Jerusalem during Passover, 
And so we will dig into that next week. So that's just the birth and infancy prophecies. And then we have life and ministry, his, the Messiah's suffering and death, and, and then the Messiah's triumph in the uh, resurrection, the ascension and the exaltation to God's right hand. This, there are, I think, almost 360 different prophecies in the Old Testament that Christ fulfills. And the probabilities of Jesus fulfilling any of those are astronomical. There's just, it just doesn't make sense to non-believers that Jesus Christ was able to actually fulfill each and every one of those prophecies. And, you know, just to fall in line with the genealogy and, and how that, you know, Jesus would be uh, a son of David and the son of Abraham and have all of this lineage all interconnected. I, it just blows my mind. And to the unbeliever, it is impossible to believe. So let's dig into uh, some of this uh, text today. And we'll kind of highlight again this concept of uh, the Christ in Christmas and, you know, before I really get into the text again, I kind of want to really illustrate this, that we as Christians think that there is an attack on Christmas. There is a battle raging in the secular world against Christ. And, and, and I find it, depending on where you line up politically, and, and I'm not going to get into politics on this show, but where you line up politically uh, can have an emphasis on what your beliefs are in regards to this um, moment that you find uh, Christmas to be under attack. Now, in the retail world, I worked in retail for a number of years back uh, from 2006 to 2011, and and I watched a, a slow progression away from Merry Christmas to the Happy Holidays. And in some big box stores, it's still the case today. Others have kind of moved back to saying the traditional Merry Christmas, but I remember Christians were like up in arms over over this, like you're taking Christ out of Christmas and you're, you know, and, and we get so bent out of shape that on the moments that the secular world are actually acting in accordance to their nature, which is denial of Christ and living in sin. And Christians get so worked up over that. And what I've really stressing in my church sermon series and stressing to my church is the fact that in this season, Christians have have the ob- obligation to either put Jesus first and foremost in every aspect, and it goes beyond the Advent season. It goes beyond just this period of time where we can reflect upon his birth. But as Christians, we have the active choice to make Christ the first and foremost in our life. Remember what Jesus said, love God with all of your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Obeying those two commandments would put God and Jesus at the very point of your life. So we have that. Or as Christians, do we find ourselves kind of sneaking Christ in on Sunday mornings, uh, squeezing him in maybe a Wednesday night, you know, fellowship meeting at church, uh, Christmas Eve. And then every other time in the middle, we're, we're more focused on our work, 
because we're busy at the end of the year. We're more focused on our family, trying to ensure that all the food requirements are met, uh, making sure all the Christmas shopping is done, and we've mastered the, the big box and online shopping just to make sure our kids have a, a happy and joyful Christmas. But what really makes a joyful and happy Christmas? Is it all the gifts? Absolutely not. And, and the reason I say that is, you know, I'm, I'm 35. I've got two kids. One's three and a half. And my son is just now a couple months old. So this is his first Christmas. And I remember my daughter's first Christmas. And she was about, oh, nine months, I think. And so she was able to kind of see things better. But, you know, obviously she can't talk yet. She's not walking. And she's playing with toys. So. And so noise-making toys and clothes were, were essential to her first Christmas, and it will be the same for my son. In that framework, what I've noticed, especially you know, if I reflect upon my adolescence and my youth, I don't remember what I got at the age of three, and I don't remember what I got at the age of 15 for Christmas. I mean, I, I, I can remember some, some moments in Christmas and I remember some of the highlights and the lowlights of Christmas with my family. And I remember maybe a couple times here and there that I can recall particular gifts. But as I have moved into ministry and, and have reflected upon this different uh, life outside of the secular holdings, what I have found is this wonderful blessing of the greatest gift ever given. And that is Jesus Christ. And because Christ was given to us as a, as a child on, in this season, we can reflect and hold to the knowledge that God is faithful in his promise. Christ was a promised Messiah. We've just read through a bunch of the prophecies. I uh, highlighted them. And we see that in that only Christ can fulfill it. And so... We as Christians have the have the opportunity at any point in the year to put Christ before everything else and to live obediently to him. But thankfully, we know that in our disobedience, Christ still forgives us. In our passiveness, in our laziness, in the fact that we would rather... Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. 
Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wrap ourselves around football and shopping and food on Sunday mornings. Christ still forgives. And so even in our disobedience, we are forgiven. As Paul writes, Christ came to us while we were still sinners and died for us. And it's because of this moment in time we can celebrate the birth, knowing as we can reflect back on the time, we know that Christ had to be born of man, live among us, and then die for us. And so the birth is just naturally essential, the essential beginning to all of this. So let's look at Matthew's account here, starting in verse 18. It says, now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they, both, before they came together, she was found to be with a child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet, behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from his sleep, he did as the angel commanded and took his wife, but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. So Matthew gives us a very kind of uh, brief look uh, at the at the story here, and we don't get any other descriptive narrative in the birth of Christ. We just see that uh, Joseph and Mary are betrothed, which is basically like they're engaged. We talked a little bit about this last week. And then we see Joseph's side to this story. And then we, if we actually examine uh, the text from Luke, which we did a little bit more extensively last week, we have kind of the broader picture, you know, Luke gives us much more descriptive manner to it. Funny enough, Matthew was one who actually traveled with Jesus and we get kind of this punctuated story of his birth. Luke, however, was a disciple of Paul's. Luke goes on to write the book of Acts as he depicts all of the movements of the apostles from the time Christ ascended uh, all the way to uh, essentially most of their death. And so Luke uh, never really walked with Jesus, right? He wasn't a normal, traditional apostle. And 
we, we, we don't know where Luke's backstory really comes into play, and that's not really necessary for this. But what we can see is that Luke gives us a much more descriptive handling of the gospel account here with the, in terms of the narrative of birth. We see the journey, or we see the call of uh, census that Rome is placing upon all of the citizens. Then we see the flight to Bethlehem. We see that there's no place for him at the inn. So they, uh, Jesus is born in a manger. And then, you know, that's when you see the shepherds in the field and the, and then all of the wonderful things that are uh, given to us in Luke. Matthew, again, is just very kind of short and punctuated. And I think it does deliver some essential truth to it. We get some prophecy that is fulfilled. Obviously, Matthew gives us the genealogy. And then we get to the birth of Christ and we get these prophecies given to us here in the framework that Jesus will be given that name because he will save his people from their sins. That's uh, verse 21. She bears a son and his name is Jesus. And then that tells us that this had to, all of this had to take place because it was a fulfillment of what the Lord had spoken by the prophet coming out of Isaiah. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is God with us. So now we get this bigger picture that this is God coming to us in the form of man. John 1 1 through 14 gives us this beautiful, beautiful depiction. We, I think we talked about John last week. I've been recording quite a few episodes lately, so forgive me if I uh, misspeak. But John gives us this very beautiful depiction of the word being with God in the beginning and the word being God in the beginning and then the word becoming flesh. This is the moment. This Emmanuel is God with us. This is Christ here in the moment, the fulfillment of all of this wonderful prophecy. And we get to come together this Advent season and reflect upon this and be reminded that Jesus was the fulfillment of all of that. And he is now born of a virgin, again, fulfilling more prophecy. And he will go on to live and die the death needed to continue to fulfill the prophecy that has been written all throughout the Old Testament. So we've spent a number of, you know, episodes in the past talking about the birth and journey of Christ. We talked pretty extensively last year. And this season, my challenge for my church is more or less around this concept that we have been given this freedom as Christians that we can reflect upon this season and dwell on the knowledge that God is faithful in his promise. And we see that demonstrated in the birth of Christ. This is, again, as I said at the top of the show, this is a very real moment in time, a historical moment when we've had silence from God for a period of about 400 years, we're given this beautiful picture. And we're given this wonderful token that God is still faithful. And I find it to be very interesting if we go back and read through the Old Testament, the promise given to Abraham, it, there, there's uh, quite a few, and we've talked about them on my sermon series with the church. But if 
in that promise, we see that God is telling Abraham, your people will be sojourners in a land for 400 years. That is a prophecy that uh, leads us into the book of Exodus, where the Israelites are in captivity for 400 years, and then God raises up Moses and Aaron, and then they deliver Israel. So there's that period of 400 years of silence there. There's a period of another 400 years of silence between the ending of Malachi and the beginning of Matthew. Uh, we don't put Malachi in terms of geneal- genealogical order, but it was closed canon for the Jews, and they had all of the writings they needed. And then from the closeness of that, there's a 400-year period of silence from God. There's no more prophets being spoken uh, out of, and there is nothing that we can really um, see in terms of action. Now, there are Jewish records in this time period, and there are many Pharisees who come in and, and you know are preaching the prophet's message and that, and there's some really fascinating Jewish literature that covers this time period. And then there's some writings that, if you are from the Roman Catholic uh, background, you'll recognize as the Apocrypha, and in those, we get some of this intertestimonial period and some, you know, readings and writings into the Jewish time. None of that really pertains to God's redemptive plan. It's just kind of more of a historical narrative. And even still, funny enough, as we've concluded the Esther series, Esther really has nothing in terms of God's redemptive plan. However, it's a glimpse into the captivity of Babylon, and we still see God acting as redeemer and protector of his people. So as we examine this narrative and of the birth of Christ, I cannot help but be drawn back to the comforting knowledge that the God we serve as Christians is faithful and true. And the God that we serve as Christians has demonstrated to us countless times throughout history that we are going to be okay. And, 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 I, and I use that word lightly because when I say okay, I mean we will probably experience suffering and persecution in this world. That is promised in Scripture. But in the afterlife, when we die and we go and stand before God, we will be okay. And I think we'll even be better than that. I think we will be, we'll be ecstatic because we get to partake in worshiping God. And we get to do so because Christ stood in our place and he stands as our justification. We stand before God clothed in the righteousness of Christ, and we are no longer sinner. We are now made saint. So that is the beautiful promise that this time gives us. And in that moment, again, i so blown away with God's promises and his faithfulness to us. It is breathtaking. It is amazing. It is indescribable with our petty language to demonstrate God's faithfulness to us in the mag- in the just the overall amazingness of that. I mean it just again we we don't have enough words to feel in the human vocabulary to 
even begin to articulate how amazing this is that God interrupts history by sending his son to live and die for us so that way we may be reconciled to him. And so as we conclude this Advent season, we will then have a small period of time before we go into the uh, death of Christ at the at Easter. And so we will ex- we will start Lent season uh, around March, I think, 7th. And then the church will move itself again through this calendar of the times leading up to the death of Christ and then his resurrection. And his birth obviously had to take place, which is, again, the importance of this season to reflect upon it. His birth had to take place so that way he could live and then die and be risen from the grave. And I am just so blown away by this beautiful truth given to us of this real historical moment. So I pray that in this Advent season, you will spend a little more time reflecting on this promise that this is a real time. And and it's not necessarily about what the secular world is doing, whether you go into a store and they're saying happy holidays or, or whatever, they have signage that says everything except Merry Christmas. It doesn't matter whether TV shows and movies around Christmas are focused on Santa Claus and elves and in the North Pole and not the birth of Christ. All of that is always going to be around. The secular world is going to continue doing what the secular world does, and that is act sinful. In that point, we can essentially rise above that and continue as Christians to acknowledge the reason and purpose behind this season and every season. Because when we get to Easter, it's not about an Easter bunny and eggs being hidden. It's about Christ and his death and his resurrection and what he did in that time period to accomplish redemption for mankind. So I bid you a very blessed Advent season. I am, again, keeping these episodes fairly short just for your listening time. But I'm praying that you will dig into the birth narrative and just rest and reflect upon it. Next week, we're going to look a little bit closer at Luke and his adolescence and and the importance of this season. Until then, uh, enjoy some of these bonus episodes that are dropping your way. I am actually also moving my sermons into podcast form. So uh, they will be only on Spotify, I think, maybe I can put them elsewhere, but it's through Anchor. I'm not real familiar with the distribution yet on it, but go and check that out. You can catch up on all of the uh, sermons that I've done, and we're going to start with the uh, Bible stories series that we're doing at the church, uh, currently on pause for Advent, but that will start uh, dropping here uh, within the next couple of days. So, and actually, by the time this has been released, there should be a a podcast or two up of my sermons. We're going to work on trying to figure out the audio quality because it's not obviously me speaking into a nice mic like I am now, but I have a digital recorder that I might try and see if that picks up the sound a little bit better. And all of that, again, comes into this play that all I'm trying to do is get the word of Christ out to the masses and preach God's word week in and week out on this show in the church, 
and to my congregation because they have to be reminded, just as you listening to this need to be reminded that Jesus Christ came as a man, lived and died for you and forgives you of your sin. So guys, until next week, thanks for tuning in. Make sure you go and check all that out. Uh, The podcast will be called Stratford Lutheran Church. Um, That should be, again, available by the time this show drops. I'm currently finishing some of the um, kind of pieces around getting the first episode to go, and I should have that done today, hopefully. That's it, guys. Again, thanks for tuning in. And uh, if you want merch all you know for Undying Life, you want to rep our shirts and sweatshirts and all that, T Public is where we're at now. Uh, the link is in my bio. If you want to come and join us on Patreon, please do so. If you are looking to get a Bible st- software, you know, and, and start a digital library, logos.com forward slash Undying Light, check that out, and you will get you know a great discount uh, to start your digital library. That's what I use as I work through this series. I've got English Standard Version Bible up on one side, and I've got uh, the NASB, I've got the Reformation Study Bible, Lutheran Study Bible, the ESV Study Bible, and commentaries open on my other columns. So plenty of things in this rich platform. Uh, It's logos.com forward slash undying light. Check them out. Get itself uh, a really cool digital library. Works great on your phone and your tablets too. So that's it, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Until next week, God bless, and guess what? Merry Christmas. being a little extra can be a bit much but when it comes to healthcare it pays to be extra and united healthcare makes it easy with health protector guard fixed indemnity insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company they supplement your primary plan helping you manage out of pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods so when it comes to covering your medical bills you can feel good about being a little extra visit uh1.com to find the health protector guard plan for you Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. 
Sign up with code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.